get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. We're going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Jonathan Mayo. You can find his work over at MLB.com where he covers the draft and minor league baseball for MLB.com and MLB Pipeline. You can also follow him on Twitter at Jonathan Mayo. And if you do, you saw the announcement the other day where he is now the author of the new book, Smart, Wrong, and Lucky, Scouting Baseball's Unexpected Stars. You can pre-order that now on Amazon or wherever books are sold. First of all, Jonathan, congratulations on the book. Looking forward to reading that. Thank you so much today for joining us. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, for that not so uh, shameless plug. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> happy to do so. I want to ask you at the end of this interview. You've got a chapter in there on Albert Pools, so I want to get a thought on that from you. But yesterday, I was reading uh, one of your pieces over on MLB.com on the most underrated, overrated prospects, guys that are, that are the best defensive prospects, all of those different things. There were a couple of Cardinals that were listed in there. And when I got to the overrated part of it, Jonathan, uh, there were a couple of uh, scouts that appeared to be a little lower on Matthew Liberator and Mason Wynn than some of the national analysts have been. What can you tell us on maybe the, the high upside and the, the lower scouts? What are they saying about those two players in particular? Yeah, I mean, and keep in mind that I, I cast a, a really, really wide net, uh, and and you never know who's going to respond out of the hundreds of things I sent to. So it's it's a matter of uh, you know a small sample size. So I, I wouldn't put too much stock weight into that. Um, I think with someone like Matthew Libertor, who uh, I've liked and known for a long time, guys like that, as young as he is, they're still a little prospect fatigue just because it seems like we've been writing and talking about him as a prospect for a really long time. But at the same time, he, in my opinion, got kind of rushed to the big leagues. Um, Sometimes, listen, when there's a need, you you kind of have to. Um, He was forced to kind of figure things out at the upper levels in a hurry. So it's this weird situation where he's been in the big leagues. um, He's had success in AAA, but he's also struggled in AAA. So he's kind of caught in between. I think he's going to figure it out. Uh, and as for Mason Wynn, you know, I think the one concern with him is the the impact that the bat is going to have. Um, we've all seen the arm. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think he, he's going to play a, a very good shortstop when all is said and done. And listen, even if you had to move, um, I don't know where you would move him because moving the second would be a waste of you know, maybe the best infield arm in, in all of, of minor league, if not all of professional baseball. Uh, with all due respect to O'Neill Cruz, um, you know, uh, I think he's going to hit enough. He understands his job. I got to to talk with him uh, a bit in the Arizona Fall League. I like what I saw, and uh, I think he knows that his job is going to be to get on base. Uh, you just need to make sure that he's not 
you know, going to uh, be overmatched against big league pitching, have the bat knocked out of his hands proverbially. You know, he doesn't have to hit a lot of homers, but he can't just, you know, beat the ball into the ground and, and let his legs do the tongue. And I don't think that's what he's going to be. Jonathan, in terms of as a major leaguer, what do you think best case scenario is for Mason Wynn? I mean, I I think he's an everyday shortstop. Now, is he an everyday shortstop that hits in the one or two hole? That's the ceiling. Is he a shortstop that hits in the eight or nine hole? Maybe. Um, you know, but I, I, I think because he understands, you know, that he needs to get on base, he's got pretty good bat control. He can, you know, hit the ball to all fields. I think there is some pop in there. Like I, I think that he has a chance to come close to, to, to reaching that ceiling. We'll see what he does, you know, this year in the upper levels of the minors. But, you know, the Arizona Fall League gets a very small sample size. But I just like how he went about it, regardless of what numbers he did or didn't put up. I, I, I thought he had a lot of really good professional at-bats, and I think it, that's going to play at the big league level. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if they decided to, to let him pitch you know, and turn him into a two-way guy because that would be just fun. But I do think that he has the ability to be an everyday position player. Jonathan Mayo is our guest. You can find his work over at MLB.com where he covers the draft in minor league baseball. Uh, Jonathan, another Cardinal that was down in the Arizona Fall League and acquitted himself quite well was Jordan Walker. Cardinals fans, as you can expect, are very excited about what he could be for them as soon as this upcoming season. What have you seen from Jordan Walker and his development thus far in his Cardinals minor league career? And what do you think it is realistic to expect out of him in this upcoming season? I mean, I, I agree with you. I think you're going to see him at, at some point uh, in 2023. So it's just going to be a question of when uh, and, you know, how soon. Uh, and some of that, I think, is going to depend on the makeup of the big league roster and who's doing what, you know, in the big leagues. He's, I don't want to say limited because it's, it's unfair, but he is a corner outfielder. Uh, his days of being a third baseman are done, not that, the Cardinals need hmm. a third baseman, obviously. Um, I, I think that's where there's some diverging opinions. Some people sort of see him, you know, that he's going to slow down and maybe he's a left fielder only. Um, I I don't really care um, about that because he's just going to hit. You know, he, he's so young. Uh, he has such a good approach. I, I think, you know, in that, uh, in that polling, I, I was actually a little surprised that he – got the most votes for most usable power over Francisco Alvarez of the Mets. Um, and I think that speaks to what scouts think his, his field of hit is. And, you know, usable power isn't just how strong you are or how much bat speed you have or what kind of show you put on the batting practice. It's are you going to get to that raw power in games? And there's a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to do that uh, you know, once he gets to the to the big leagues, I, I think the way he carries himself and the way he hits and the way he goes about uh, his craft, you forget that he's only 20 years old. Uh, you know, so uh, he turns 21. You know, near the end of May. So I, I don't think it would be a bad thing to have him start the year in AAA. But I think he's going to start knocking on that door pretty quickly. Uh, you know, after that, that fall league experience and he will take those lessons with him. And he had, you know, had a very good fall league and I think he's going to 
kind of set the world on fire a little bit offensively, and they're going to have to find a place for his his bat in the lineup. Jonathan, on the pitching side of things, you had a couple of different Cardinals in a couple of different articles. Gordon Graceffo in uh, one of the prospects that has the best pitch ability, and then Tink Hens, one of the top underrated pitchers uh, among prospects. What can you speak to in terms of just the, the depth and prospect pool for this Cardinals pitching staff? Yeah, I mean, there's always depth, and I think you know, the Cardinals – uh, and uh, you'll see the the last uh, the last part of this uh, of this project it, it will be up tomorrow. Sort of looking at farm systems, and they do get credit for how they develop arms and 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 find and they find arms. Um, you know, I think Henson Graceffo are kind of almost at opposite ends of a, of a spectrum. Uh, I mean, I, I, Graceffo sort of fits the mold of the quote-unquote typical Cardinals guy, you know, just really good pitchability, which means he just has a, a really good feel for what he's doing on the mound and has plenty of good stuff. We're talking about a guy with three at least above-average pitches you know, uh, and the ability to control it. Hence, has a ton of upside. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know what he is exactly, right? He's not the biggest guy in the world. They were very careful in how they used him. Even in the fall league, it was like a unicorn sighting when he pitched because it was, you know, He'd come in, he'd, he'd, you know, he'd only throw an inning, and he was really, really good. So it often it was like seven pitches, and he was done. And he'd be like, wait, what? Like, I don't know what I just saw. Uh, so he's going to need to – I think he will need, and the Cardinals are going to have to kind of uh, take off the kid gloves a little bit. He's super young, so I get it. Um, they're going to have to let him you know, get stretched out and sort of see if he can handle the workload of a starting pitcher. Now, there's nothing wrong with if he ends up being, say, a multi-inning reliever or even a closer, um, you know, but that sort of impacts his 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 stock as a, as a prospect accordingly. Uh, you know, he has the stuff and the ability to throw strikes to be a starter. We just haven't seen it over the course of, say, 100 innings uh, or five, six innings at a time in, in one start to know exactly what he is. But, you know, ceiling-wise – He's probably, you know, you put him ahead of Graceffo. In terms of floor, meaning like who is the safer bet to be a big league starter, you might have to take Graceffo, but it's a good problem to have. Uh, my final question that I've got for Jonathan Mayo of MLB.com, can you explain Alec Burleson to me? I, I don't think I can remember a Cardinals top 100 prospect that got less buzz who reached the big leagues as quickly as Burleson did Van Burleson. Can you can you explain to me what you think the Cardinals have in him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy. He, can, he is like every bit the sort of, to me, quintessential Cardinals, you know, not that he was a like a late pick, you know, it was almost too early compared to some of the other guys who have come up who impacts the big leagues, you know, uh, who ends up being maybe even better than uh, where he's ranked, although you know we we ended up sort of you know bumping him up pretty high after the after this year that he had, um, you know I, he I think he's going to hit, uh, he's going to show you know some uh, maybe average power, um, you know I feel like every year there are guys in the Cardinals system who come up and you're like this guy is much better than I thought he was going to be like he's not the same kind of player as Tommy Edmond. But it sort of fits that, like, you know, what what's the mold? I, he, you know, and the thing with Burleson is, like, I'm not, like, he's probably, you know, he's a 
corner outfielder. He's okay, but I think he's going to hit enough that the he'll be okay enough to find a way into the lineup. Even if you're putting him in left one day, DHing him one day, putting him in right one day, you know that that kind of thing, moving him around. It's a little crowded in that outfield, so I'm not exactly sure how it works. Maybe he's a fourth outfielder, but a really good one, um, which you know makes it sound like uh, I'm, I'm diminishing what he is, but. Uh, teams that win championships have guys like that on their roster. No, I mean, the Cardinals would love to have a quality fourth outfielder. It's something that they've been looking for for years. So if that's what he becomes, I mean, that's that's a win, all things considered, to have a cost-controlled guy like that that hits from the left side. Hey, Jonathan, we appreciate the time, as always. Final thing before we get you out of here. Uh, once again, his book is, it's a new one, Smart, Wrong, and Lucky, The Origin Stories of Baseball's Unexpected Stars. Uh, my producer told me that you have a chapter on Albert Pujols uh, in this book. Can you tease one of the, your favorite stories, one of the favorite things that you learned about Albert Pujols while researching for this book? I, I think, uh, you know, the, probably the best story that I, I, I was told by his American Legion coach is uh, one of the few times he ever got in trouble. Um, he was 17. He still was learning English. And uh, he played shortstop for his American Legion team and kind of was a coach on the field and got into an argument with uh, his outfielder about positioning. And they, like, got into, like, almost a fight on the field, and the coach benched both of them. Meanwhile, Pools, Albert's cousin, was on the team and kind of acted as translator, and he and Albert were arguing back and forth uh, uh, about it. And finally, the, the coach who was driving them said, all right, Albert, you know, his English was good enough. What are you guys arguing about? And Albert said, well, my cousin said I'm the best player on the team, and you shouldn't have benched me. And the coach asked Albert, well, what do you think? And he said, I shouldn't argue with a teammate like that on the field. You should have benched me. And I think that kind of tells you all you need to know about Albert Pujols and his makeup. And the whole book is telling stories about guys like Albert Pujols who were kind of undervalued. Everyone knows the story about him getting drafted so late. Um, I couldn't have this book without Albert Pujols in it. And he kind of fits uh, fits. The, the, the storyline that I was going for to a T. That's awesome. Well, looking forward to, to getting that on my own, and uh, people can find that over on your Twitter account if they want more information, at Jonathan Mayo. Jonathan, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy. The, congratulations on this book, and we'll talk with you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.